Hello, everybody. How are you in here today? It is so good to see you. Yeah, come on. Let's give it up, God. Yes. So good to see you all here. So, so, this is like a breath of fresh air to see faces and just have reactions. And, stuff. and I was saying in the first service, man, like the fact that you have your mask on, you could be yelling amen or you could also be yelling, I disagree with you. I'm going to say it's amen because it doesn't matter. I can just hear amen anyway. So that's great. That's what I love about the mask being on. So, so glad that you are all in here. And, and for all of you who are watching online, watching live, you know, I know that many, many of you uh, wish you could be here, you want to be here, but for several reasons, you're choosing not to be. And I just want to say I honor that. We honor that. And I'm, I'm just so glad that we are able to also broadcast to you live as well. Just so stay there. And as you stay home and as you stay safe, we do miss you, but we, we just honor the fact that you're making that decision well. But it's so good to see you all in this place today. Uh, so if you don't know me and you're watching or you're here, uh, my name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here and I want to welcome you uh, to week number six, everybody, of a series that we're in that we're calling As Told by Jesus. And what we're doing is we're looking at these parables of Jesus, these made up stories, uh, earthly stories that point to a heavenly truth that Jesus wants us to understand. So let's get to it, man. If you're in here, you're out there and you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and you can open them up or electronics or whatever you want to do to open them up to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Now, as you're getting there, uh, here's what I want you to know, think about, like as you're getting there to Luke chapter 10. I want you right now to think about growing up or even now, even if you're an adult, you still have, you can have a favorite now. Growing up or right now, who is your favorite superhero? Who's your favorite superhero, okay? And you can't say, my dad. You can't be like, Jesus. Like, yeah, like for real, like the real superhero, well, not real superheroes, but the fake superheroes, who, they're real to me. Uh, but like, so who is it? So think about who your favorite superhero is growing up or right now. You got it? You got yours? Okay. My favorite superhero was and still is today, Batman, all right? Now, how many had Batman, man? How many of you had Batman? Everybody else, you... You lost. Okay, but here's why, because here's why I think Batman is the best superhero. Here it is. Because Batman didn't have any superpowers like those other hacks did, okay? Like, he didn't have super speed. He couldn't fly. He didn't have laser beam eyeballs. He didn't have any of that. He was just a regular guy, uh, and he could still take care of business and, and get the bad guys done and, and get the girl and all that stuff. And, I love, and here's the bonus about Batman. He was super rich, and I don't care what you say, he had the best gadgets of all the superheroes, right? Like, I just... Can I get an amen? I mean, he just had awesome things that I wish I had growing up and still today. Uh, right now, I'm probably talking about superheroes more now than many of you because my, my uh, son is getting into it. He loves superheroes. He's into it. He's playing with them, talking about them. Uh, and so I asked him, I said, Henry, who's your favorite superhero right now? And he said, Black Panther. And I said, okay. And I said, well, why? What makes him better than any other superhero? And he goes, because he has sweet skills and great endurance. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then I proceeded to get into a full-on argument of why Batman is better with my six-year-old son. And I understand I have problems. And then my four-year-old daughter said, hey, guys, break it up. She broke it up. I'm just saying, I know I got problems. It's okay. I think I convinced him, but I still got some work to do. Uh, but anyways, why I'm talking, why I'm talking about uh, superheroes is because we're actually going to talk about a hero today. Actually, to be more specific, Jesus is going to give us a parable about a hero. He's going to talk about a hero. And why I love this parable is because the hero that Jesus is going to talk about is so unlikely. And he's so normal of a person that what Jesus is about to do for us today is he is going to remove any excuses that we can have to not be someone who is heroic in this life, okay? So let's get to it. Hopefully you got there to Luke 10. We're going to pick this story up in verse 25. And here's where we're at in the story. It says, one day... An expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, he said, what should I do to inherit eternal life? 
All right, so a few things going on in this story. So what the f- couple things we need to know, this guy comes up to Jesus and it says that he's an expert in the law, okay? Uh, and who he is really matters uh, for the story a little bit. So what this is saying is don't think lawyer, uh, think religious leader. He's a big religious leader. He knew all of the ins and outs. He knew all the Mosaic law, all the Old Testament stuff that they had today. Uh, and so that's how Jewish people live, by the way. Jewish people live by the law. They live by these commandments, these and thous and do's and don'ts and thus, thus and all that stuff. Like they had to do all these things. And, and so they follow of these laws to actually show how much they love God. And, and back then there were over 600 of these laws to follow. And here's the thing, this guy not only knew them all, he had them all memorized, all right? And so he comes up to Jesus and he asks this question, not because he was genuine about it. We want to see, he, he wanted to test Jesus because he already knew the answers, at least he thought he knew the answer. Uh, and so he was doing it to test Jesus. And, and we'll see how this pans out for him in a minute. Not so good, uh, but we'll see how it pans out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but he asked him, hey, what? And he asked a fundamental question that, by the way, I think a lot of us may ask even ourselves. And here's what he's really asking. He's like, how do I know that I'm good with God? Like, what is it uh, that's most important to God? What is life really about, okay? And Jesus, being Jesus and knowing this guy for who he is, he answers a question with another question. And he says, well, Jesus said, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? You're the expert, like you're the guy who knows, why don't you tell us and then we'll all know. Now, you just see Jesus kind of setting the net up a little bit, okay, I'm just saying. And here's what this guy says. The guy says, well, you must love the Lord your God. This is the answer of how to inherit the kingdom of God. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. So the guy answers, he gives the answer, and he's sticking to it. And here's the thing, gang, he actually nails it. Most people back then when they were talking to Jesus, the most of them don't nail it. But Jesus affirms here in a second that he actually does nail it. And what he does, this guy actually grabs two of the most important commandments that they would have known from the law. But what he, and he grabs him from two different books that they had at that time. He grabs one uh, command from the book of Leviticus and he grabs another one from Deuteronomy. And he's kind of thinking through this. And here's what this guy did. It's pretty, pretty phenomenal, actually. He successfully boils down over 600 commandments uh, to what they are all actually really pointing to, which is pointing to help us fully love God God and fully love others. Okay, so that's his answer. Now let's see what Jesus says. I'm sure this guy was super duper proud of himself. And here's what Jesus said. He goes, right, do this, Jesus says, and you will live. And Jesus turns around and he starts to walk away. And this guy, though, he is, there's something in him. He's not satisfied with that answer. He even had the answer, and he's, Jesus said, right. But something compelled this guy to ask one more question. He just had to ask this question. And, and it's, it's innocent enough, but it's a very important question. And so here's what the guy said. The man wanted to justify his actions. And so he asked Jesus then, well, who's my neighbor? He's like, wait, wait, Jesus, like, I need to know something. This guy, and, and, and you gotta see how this turns. So it started that he was testing himself, and, and testing Jesus, but now something shifted in this guy, and now he wants to justify himself. I think something inside changed with how Jesus answered what he said. And so what this guy's doing, he's like, hold on, Jesus. Like, you can't just do a mic drop with that answer. Like, I know I got the answer right, but I was, ex- I was expecting something different. And, and, and I think a lot of stuff was going on with this guy right now. But what I think he was saying is like, this neighbor thing is too wide of an answer. 
Like there's this, you gotta clarify who the neighbor thing is. And I believe this guy was actually feeling the squeeze of the actual commandment here. And he was kind of trying to find something that he could figure out or a loophole or way to get out. And so he was asking a question that sometimes, by the way, we ask, even people who, who love God ask ourselves. And here's what he said, when it comes to us and God, here's what he's wa- actually wanting to know. What he's wanting to know is, okay, Jesus, then What's the minimum I have to do? Like, what is the, like, the minimum amount of neighbor loving that I actually have to do? Like, how low can you go, Jesus? And, and Jesus, like, we know Jesus is not going to do that. He's not going to actually come and go that low. And, and so the guy says, who's my neighbor? Uh, and Jesus, who was walking away, and he's like, you should have quit while you're ahead. And he turns around, and he tells them this story this parable and a lot of you have heard this before even if you didn't grow up in church you actually know what the story is about so it's the story of the good samaritan if you ever heard of uh, the good samaritan or that person that was a good samaritan this is actually jesus made this story up this is where it actually came from if you hear the term good samaritan so jesus turns to the guy and he starts telling stories what he said he goes so the guy said what you know who's my neighbor and here's what Jesus said. He goes, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits, which the guy was like, whoa, 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 hold on, Jesus. Like, don't be doing a whipsy-woo on me. Like, don't, you're changing the subject. Like, I, want, I asked who my neighbor is. Uh, just answer the question, right? Just answer, why are you doing that? Like, don't try to change it on me. Don't try to like, you know, and, and the, so the disciples were probably like, settle in, buddy. Like, and so Jesus just keeps going. He goes, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road by chance a priest came along but when he saw the man lying there he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there but he also passed by on the other side and so Jesus says this guy, this Jewish guy, uh, and that's who he was talking to. Everybody in that audience he was talking to, they were all Jewish. Uh, and so he was saying he was traveling and there's a road that they knew and he gets ambushed and, and these people beat him up. They leave him for dead. And then what he says is we see two people that happen uh, by this guy. And there are people that they would have known then. They knew who these people were, right? Uh, and this guy's hurt and he needs help and they're familiar with, it, with these people. They were religious leaders, right? One was a priest, and the other one was like a JV priest, like priest light. You know what I mean? Like it was like pretty close, but not all the way there. And so they come across this guy and Jesus says they both don't help. And so uh, as I study this, and if you guys maybe have, have heard this teaching uh, in, in the past or as you grew up in church or something, uh, what you may know and what, what I've uh, known as well is that there were actually legitimate loopholes that these guys could have used. There were actual reasons that they had to use as a, a way out of not actually helping this guy, of, of removing themselves from the responsibility of helping a guy who was left for dead and really seriously needed help. And here's the thing, gang, before you like get really bothered by this, like really, like I can't believe they would have done that. I mean... Maybe not to this extreme, but haven't we all done this from time to time? Haven't we all kind of done this in our lives where we made reasons or found loopholes and loving or helping others? I mean, it's not that hard to do. We've all actually done it. Have you ever uh, just driven by a car accident? And you're like, oh man, I hope they're okay. I mean, I can't help them. I mean, who am I to help? I'm not sure. You know, we've done that, right? Where we're like, oh geez, and you look and you look, but that's all you kind of do. You just, you don't do anything except for look and, and you, because you're late or you got kids or whatever it is. You just, you give the reason uh, that you can't help. You know, we've all done that a bit. Have you ever, have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? Maybe I'm just preaching to myself, I don't know. But have you ever noticed that it's a lot easier to gossip about somebody than actually it is to help them? We're like, oh man, did you hear about so-and-so and and her? Well, I'll be praying for her. You don't get involved with them, but it's easy 
to really talk about it, but rarely get involved in help. So we've all done it. And that's, what, and that's where they're at. But here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus, don't miss the point that Jesus is making about these two guys. Here it is, gang, listen. Because if Jesus' affirmation is of loving God and loving your neighbor, if that's what is most important in life, then these two guys are in trouble, right? Like these guys are in trouble. And, and, and the people listen, were like, I get it, Jesus. I understand. Okay, they should have helped. But Jesus is not done with the story. They may have thought he was done with the story, but he's not done. He goes, then a despised Samaritan came along. Now again, if you grew up in church, you kind of know what's going on here with Samaritans and Jews. And if you didn't, I'll get you caught up here. Uh, the fact that he said despised Samaritan is an understatement when it came to the people listening to that and how they felt about Samaritans, okay? Despised was an understatement. There was a deep cultural, historical hatred between the Samaritans and the Jews. And we're talking centuries and centuries, and it was on both sides. They both hated each other. And, and it really actually uh, comes down to like, like more of a religious bias than anything else that caused this kind of hate going on where they didn't like it and they were just arguing about who were God's true people and uh, because of this, you're beneath us and because we are this, then we're above you. And, and so to the people listening, again, everybody that was listening, they were all Jewish. Um, when, and so just saying Samaritan, they were just probably visibly like, oh, really, Samaritan? Ugh. And, uh, and, and by the way, you know, as I was looking through this and studying this and just seeing what's happening around, I was like, I do wonder how many people, even today, uh, are just unfairly identified or automatically vilified just by what they look like or just by, you know, the background they come from or what's on their skin or the color of their hair. I just wonder about that. And, and where people have already made up their minds about them before they even talk to them or see anything about them. Like, and, and I just want to tell you something. If that's you, and I'm sure there's a lot of us that have gone through that just based on what we look like or whatever it is. And if you've experienced that, I, here's what I hope you know. I mean, I hope you know that you are not marked by anything except that you are a child of God that you're made by him, you're a person with a name, you matter to God, and listen to me, everybody, amen? That's what matters to us. That's the only thing that matters to us, that you matter to God, you have a name. Amen, everybody? Amen? Yeah. And so the crowd, right, they hear Samaritan, and they're like, oh, man, like there's this gasp almost like, well, Samaritan. And then they're saying, surely, Jesus, you're not making this guy the hero. Like, surely you're not gonna do that. And the law guy is like licking his chops because he's like, man, if Jesus makes this guy the hero, he's cooked. Like, they're not, they're totally out. And so, you know, don't go there, Jesus. He goes there, you know he's gonna go there. So here's what he says. Then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And then it goes on to say, and Jesus keeps going further and further with this guy. Not only did he do that, but he takes him to an inn, stays the night with him, which they were like, oh, he stood, they stayed the night? Like, you know, it's just like, just over the top. And he's like, he did that. He took care of me, paid everything, paid the bill, let him stay there. And so then Jesus gets done with the story. And he basically is saying, so this guy, not the priest, not the good Jewish church person, but the Samaritan, the Samaritan. He stops and he helps. I want to uh, share something as I was studying this again. You know, I've studied this uh, through my 20 plus years as a Christian. I've probably studied this several times. Uh, but the thing that stuck out to me the most in my study this past week uh, was the word and what we come up with, how he felt compassion uh, for the guy, how the Samaritan felt compassion. And so uh, I looked into this word. And it's just something that stuck out to me that I want to uh, share with you all. So the, in the original Greek language, that's the original language that this was written in, uh, when it was translated, there are a few words uh, that the ancient translators ended up using for 
for the word compassion. There were several Greek words that they just said, well, that's probably compassion. Uh, and one of them, the Greek word that's used here is actually the word splachnizomai, okay, splachnizomai. And the ancient writers, when they came across that word, the word that Jesus used here, uh, they knew that that word meant more than compassion. But it's just that compassion would best describe it as best they could to translate it for us. But they knew that this word uh, was dealing with something that they would say was taking place in the gut. Like there's a gut level feel that was going, what it really means actually, this is what it literally means when you look it up. It's to be moved in one's inwards. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to go further than that. Like, and you know, like deep down, like it's like, ooh, yeah, down there, like where it's like, ooh, something's bubbling. Uh, like that kind of like splachnizomai, right? And, uh, and, and so it's this, it's that what it's saying is that you're so bothered, that you're bothered, that, that, that it messes with you. It messes with you at the gut level. It's not just, oh man, like I feel bad for him. No, it's something that changes you when you see it. It's this like, really? Like that's what's going on? Like, Really, that's what's happening to them? It's, it's, it's just like, I'm sick over it. I can't stand it. I can't not unsee it, right? It's like that. It's spachnizomai. So, so uh, it's actually fun to say, since you're all back and I miss you all, let's all say it together. One, two, three. Spachnizomai. Yeah, that's pretty good. Let's say it again. Spachnizomai. There you go. Awesome, man. Good to have you back. Uh, and then it's just, I was just tired of talking to myself in here for four months. All right. So, and then, um, so it's what he felt. It's what the Samaritan felt. It's spachnizomai. Uh, and then... What Jesus does here next is crazy. He changes everything and he puts everything on its head with the thing he's about to, with the one question that he's gonna ask. And I'm telling you, it doesn't hit us like it hit them then, but here's what Jesus was about to do. Jesus is about to redefine our entire understanding of neighbor from that point all the way till today. And it sh he shifts the tides of bias and who are my people, who are your people and all that stuff. He was about to wreck all of that with this one question. And here's what he asked the teacher of the law. He goes, now, which of these three you got your people, you got the priests and the, and, the, and the JV guy, and you got the Samaritan. Which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? And the man replied, here's what he said, the one who showed him mercy. And you have to picture the scene, man. Like you have to see what's going on. There's this crowd of people, man, and they're all Jewish. They're all Jews, man, and they're around their people. And there's this one guy, and he's probably standing up, and Jesus is standing up, and everybody's kind of like sitting around this, and he's asking Jesus these questions, and he's trying to trap him, and then he thinks he has him. He's like, he thinks he's got Jesus. And now he's probably thinking, I had him. Why did I keep on asking him questions, right? And it's like, why did I have to just, why couldn't I quit while I was ahead? Why did I have to ask him about the neighbor thing, man? And Jesus, man, and now, so now he's on the spot. Now he's on the spot, and he know, here's the thing, gang. He knows the answer to the question. And then he has to answer this question truthfully. And don't miss the spectacle of this moment, man. Don't miss it, because once he answers this question, he has to own his own prejudice. He has to own his own accountability to how he grew up and even the religious stuff that he did. He had to own all this when it came to his own understanding of neighbor. Jesus asked me, so which one loved God more? Which one loved God in that moment? Which one loved God by loving the man? Because you can't love God and not have compassion on others, even people who aren't your people. That's what Jesus was getting at. Which one was a neighbor? And the man like the teacher of the religious law, he says, the one. He can't even say Samaritan, gang. Did you see that? He can't even say, he can't even bring himself to say Samaritan. He says, the one. This guy who was so curious about God's economy and how would everything work, and you know, he had to come face to face with his own reality, his own life, with how he sees people, how he treats people, and he comes to this conclusion, it's the one who showed him mercy. That's who Jesus 
And you know, and I thought about this, and maybe this guy comes to understand his own hypocrisy. Maybe not, I don't know. And maybe Jesus says, maybe with a smile, maybe not, we don't know, but here's what he says. He goes, yeah, you, you answered correctly again. Good for you, man. Now, go and do the same. It's shocking. You gotta realize how shocking this was for the people who were listening and, and how the world was then, not just, not just for this group of people, not just for, for the Jewish people and Samaritans, but for everybody everywhere at this time. What Jesus does here, what Jesus says here will change how we see people forever from then all the way today. He says, here's the thing, gang, in the kingdom of God, I don't care about anywhere else, but in the kingdom of God, if you wanna follow me, if you wanna follow God, there are no more boundaries when it comes to who your neighbor is. There's none of them that no one can say they love God but can also say, you know what, yeah, I love God but I have my own definition of who my neighbor is. I'm gonna pick who that, I get to choose who my neighbor is. He goes, no, not in the kingdom of God. It was shocking then. And gang, I hate to tell you this, but it's still shocking now to a lot of people who say they love God. But that's what Jesus did. I love this, I love this because Jesus did something right here that redefined human history when it comes to how a neighbor is defined. And so that's the parable. That's the earthly story that he was trying to point us to understand this godly thing, this heavenly reality in God's kingdom. And so here's what I wanna do uh, for the rest of our time today. I wanna take this, say, now what do I do with this? Like, how do I just take this in and actually have an action or something that I can think about? So I got three principles that I wanna draw from this from the Good Samaritan. So I know we didn't give you notes on the way in, but maybe you can use your phones or write something down, get creative. If you're watching, you can get a piece of paper, but I hope you write these down. So three principles that we're gonna get from the, from the Good Samaritan. Here's the first one that I got from, uh, from this, and it's this, is that I have gotta let my decision lead and then let my feelings follow that we have got to let the convictions that we have lead our decisions and then let the feeling follow this is what we need and this is what we see with the people in this story actually all three of them we saw it the right way and we saw it go the other way see most people here's what i see it say gang most people even people who would say they love jesus and follow jesus they want feelings to lead and then choices to follow and can i say to some of you like that right there may be why your life isn't the way that you think it should be and may I even say that may be why your faith isn't even where you think it should be because you're letting your feelings lead. Uh, you're letting your feelings determine. You're let, like you're waiting for your feeling to get there and then you're gonna do something. You're waiting for your feelings to change and then you'll change because that's, that, that's what so many of us do, okay? And can I just, I just wanna testify to something here. Just testify something in my own life and just tell you, that, you know what? Sometimes you just have to do it and then the feeling will follow. Anybody wanna say amen to that? Like sometimes you just have to do it and then the feeling will follow. I'm telling you, man. There are more, I'm telling you. There are more of you right here in this room, there are more of you watching that you're letting your feelings lead your faith, your marriage, your life more than you would know. And I'm telling you, it's dangerous. It's not a good way to be leading your life, man. And, uh, because here's what you do, because what you do is you end up waiting to feel something uh, to stay with them. Like, I'm gonna wait till I feel something with her, then I'll stay with her. I'm waiting to feel some, something with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till I feel, maybe waiting to, to feel like to read the Bible or feel like praying uh, to get there before you actually do it. Man, we do that in worship sometimes, don't we? Like, you know, you, ever, you know, there's people, like, you see these people and you're like, well, God, if, God, if God got me to feel that way, like that nut does with his arms up, then maybe I'll raise my arms too, right? Well, have you ever considered maybe he's putting his arms up first and then the feeling comes? Come on, amen? I mean, that's maybe what's going on, everybody. He's like, no, I'm gonna do this and just, and then the feeling will come, okay? And, and, and here's what I'll say, like if you, uh, if you wanna know, 
if you wanna know uh, if you're doing this, then, then just, look, uh, just look at what you say before the choices you make. Just look at what you say right before the choice you make. I mean, do you find yourself saying more like, well, I feel, or, or this, this feels right, or, oh, she makes me feel, ooh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that, are you saying that, or before, are you saying that more than saying, here's what I know. Here's the convictions that I have. Like, here's, here's the truth that's in my life. If you're saying I feel more than saying I know, then it's pro- you're just probably lead more out of your feelings than you think. I want, to, I want you to see, just really quick, what the Samaritan does. Look, look at what he says. It says, okay, the first he came along, and then he saw, and then he felt. You see that? Like that's, that's the order. So first he went, then he saw, and then he felt. Gang, a lot of us have that backwards in our life with God and in our life and in our marriage and all this stuff. Like what we wanna do is we wanna feel first and then I'll go and then I'll see and then I'll do something about it. But I wanna feel it first. And man, I'm telling you, if you don't get this, gang, listen, if you don't get this, then, then you're, you're gonna end up, all you're gonna end up caring about is yourself because all you're gonna see is yourself if you live, if, if you live out of that way. You gotta, get, you gotta get, let these decisions go before you feel, right? You gotta let the feelings follow after that. Uh, I try to mark seasons in my life. Uh, I've, just over the last couple of years, I've just decided, like there are seasons that, that I go through in my life with God and I try to mark those and try to write some things down about them and, and see, you know, to find a theme or a vision that God has for me. And sometimes I'm in a season for a while. Sometimes it's not very long. Sometimes it's a season of good. Sometimes it's a season of learning. Uh, that's what I call learning, uh, where it's a little more challenging. I just like to call it learning, still positive. Uh, but right now, right now I'm in a season where God has me. I've been in this season for about a year, actually just a little over a year. Uh, and I've told you all this before, but the season I'm in right now is I'm in a season of uh, making declarations. Like I just feel like I need to write these declarations uh, down and in, in, in my life with God and, and who I am. And so what I do is I, I make declarations about the truth of God or the truth of myself. And this one is so important because here's the thing, gang. I, I've actually written this one down as a declaration because I don't want to let my feelings influence me more than they should. You hear me, everybody? I don't want to. I can't let that happen. And I found myself wanting to lead out of my feelings. And I know that's not the right to. And, and listen to me. I don't want you to hear me wrong. Feelings are important. Like you need to know how you feel, but it's just you can't let your feelings be your convictions. You hear me, everybody? Like we gotta, so here's, a, here's that's the first one. That I gotta, I gotta let my convictions lead me and then the feelings follow. Here's the second one that I see the principle. See people the right way. That I have to see people the right way. And man, I've, I've been going through this. I was studying this uh, and, and this really hit me hard uh, this week when I, when I was going through this because I had to just come to some realities in my own life. And sometimes you don't want to face those things that are actually real, right? You're like, oh, I'm not that bad. But I'm telling you, man, this thing hit me like a ton of bricks, man, because here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's the thing I came to and you could come with me if you want, but I'm just saying, man, isn't it true? Isn't it true that on the surface, so many people will give you the reason that you need not to like them at all? Am I right? Am I preaching to anybody right now? Isn't that just true? They just give you just enough, just to not like them. And then there's others that just even push that envelope more with what they do, what they say, how they respond, where it's just, it ain't that hard to hate them. Am I just, am I just saying that to myself? Come on now. Like I'm just saying, I'm being honest with myself. And, and, but man, if that's how you approach it though, if that's how you look at it, if you just look at people on the outside without considering on the inside, man, I mean, and listen to me, it doesn't give them an excuse to do it, but it doesn't give you the right to hate back. You hear me, everybody? It does not give you the right to hate back, but maybe it just can, you could just step back and consider just to think about it, man, and just to think, man, you know what, man? There's gotta be something that happened in their life to be the way they are, man. There's God, like, I don't think that's how they want to be. That's not who they want to be, man. And, and I got to just remember, man, you know what I know? Hurt people hurt people. What's hurting them? I don't know. Just a step back. And listen, I'm not saying it's easy. 
I'm not saying like to lay down to what's not right. I'm not saying to do that. I'm not saying just to lay down. But I am saying that we could take a step back, everybody, okay? Just to take a step back, just to think about. Actually, I had this opportunity uh, with my son lately. About a couple months ago, uh, he came to me with a problem. He was struggling with a, with a boy in his class, and he was a little bit older than him, and he was just struggling. There was a little bit of bullying uh, going on with him, and, and he just didn't know how to process it. And, and it, they didn't know each other, and that was half the problem. Uh, but he told me, and I was just, man, it was just great that he talked to me. And I took that as an opportunity. And I sat down with him one day and I said, son, listen, you need to hear me. You're going to come across people uh, who treat others not like we do. And that doesn't mean that you treat it any differently or us any differently, but you're going to come across those people and it's going to happen again. It happens to me. It's going to happen again to me. Uh, but here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I said to him. I said, but what if, just what if, what if there's something going on with this kid that you don't have any idea about and it's causing him to do what he's doing and you're not even the reason he's doing it and he doesn't even want to be that way to you. What if that's what's going on and we don't even know it? And I said, and it's okay, you got to tell a grown-up if it gets out of control, you got to, it's okay to do that. But what if you could just think about that for a second? And I'm telling you, gang, listen, he looked right in my eyes. I looked right at him and I saw like the, the gears grinding and he looked at me and he said, man, yeah, that helps. And gang, I don't know, it's just me, but if a six-year-old boy can stand back and consider it, can't we, amen, everybody, can't we just step back just for a minute? I mean, you know what I mean? I can't, and I, 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 I've some, sometimes I just think, I'm like, why did I give him that wisdom? Because now I gotta actually own it. But I, like I'm saying, like, he's preaching to me now a little bit about that. Anybody hear me out there? Amen, anybody hear me? All I'm saying is amazing, listen to me, it's amazing how knowing someone's story will actually affect how you view that person. And listen, we have, this, we have to see people that way. We have to see people through the lens of Jesus and not any other lens. So, so listen, we, we, we let our convictions lead. We, we don't let our feelings lead. We let feelings follow. We gotta see people the right way. Here's the third principle that I gathered from this is that I gotta remember what Jesus did for me. And that I gotta remember what Jesus did for me. You know, I thought about this, and, and as I was thinking about this, there, there's something that I came across in my studies, uh, and it's really been wrecking me lately over this past week. I was talking to Chad about it. We had a huge conversation. Uh, because it, and I kind of share this with you uh, in how I was studying this lately. So, so I want you to just think about this with me. Just think about this whole story with the Good Samaritan, all the way back to when Jesus started this story. And I want you to think about this. Just think about this. Why would Jesus, who was talking to a Jewish audience, make a Samaritan the hero? Like, why would he make somebody that was so completely different, like, to, to be the guy who helped the guy? I mean, he, why didn't he just make it, like, a little bit not like you, but a little bit like you? Why did he make him so, and then he's the one who came and helped the guy, but, but he, he said a Samaritan, like, he could have used, he could not have used a more different person, everybody. Like, they could, they, there's no way they could have connected with this guy. I wonder, why did he do that? But here's what I came to a conclusion with, everybody, what if, like, what if Jesus said that because maybe the one he didn't want us to identify the most with was a Samaritan at all, but the one that we should see ourselves more was like the guy who was bleeding and almost dead on the side of the road. And what if someone who was so different than you and who had every reason not to help you because of what you've done and what you've said and the things you've done, and the wickedness and hypocrisy in you, what if that person decides to cast it all aside and not matter, and he says, I'm choosing to help you anyway? I mean, come on, wouldn't that change how you see that person? Wouldn't that change how you see others? Wouldn't that just at its core change you? Gang, that's the reality of us and Jesus. 
That's what's going on. We are not good. We weren't good. I know some of you disagree with me, but you can read the Bible and come to the conclusion. We were not good. We did not start out good with God. We weren't always on God's side. The Bible, in fact, says, and I'm gonna show you, we were an enemy of God. That's what it says. Look, here's what it says. It says, while you were his enemy, we will still certainly be saved through the life of his son. And so what this is saying is like, maybe you're the guy on the road and you're almost dead and, and, and it's because of things that you've done. But still, it says, but still, Jesus comes. And listen to me, he sees you not for who you're trying to be, not for who you're trying to show. And be. He sees you for who you are. He sees you and he says, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how much you've turned your back on me. I don't care the things you've said about me, how you've treated me. I don't care how much you've rebelled against me. I'm coming to save you. I'm here to pick you up. I'm here to restore you. I will heal you. I know you're my enemy right now, but I'm here to save you anyways. Isn't that powerful, gang? Isn't that amazing? So I want to ask you, man, I want to ask you. I just want to, just to think about this. Because <laughs> it's true. If you've been rescued like that, shouldn't that change how you see the world? Shouldn't that change how you see everybody else, no matter who they are, what they look like? I'm not going to answer that for you. Man, it's amazing. Shouldn't your life look a little different? as a result of that when it comes to you and how you see and love anyone else. I mean, here's what I came down to a conclusion of with my own life. I mean, why do I forgive people? I wrote this down. Why do I forgive people and love people regardless of who they are and what they do because I want to? No, that's not why. It's because I just realized what's been given to me and how I've been treated. And I, listen to me, I can't let that stop in me. I, it's gotta flow out of me. It has to. And so Jesus, listen to me. He has to become a game changer in your life in order to really be following him. He has to become a game changer in who you are and what you see and how you see the world and how I treat the world, regardless of how the world treats me. That's the message. That's what he's saying. Can I hear a good amen with that? Come on. We got to get this, gang. We got to get this. We have to get this because that's why we meet here. That's why we gather that's why we come here. We gotta remind ourselves of how the world is and how we need to treat the world regardless of how the world treats us. I just wanna be a church who gets to this, who wants to understand this. I wanna be a church who doesn't see people hurting and just say, man, ah, they're not really my people. I hope uh, somebody does something. I hope the church uh, comes in and does something. No, I wanna be a church full of people with splachnizomai. Come on, man. Or it's like in my gut, if like I can't unsee it. Really, really, that's what's going on, man? And, and I want to be a church full of people that has that and says, man, I don't want to wait for an organization to do what they should do. I'm going to do what I can do. That's all I know. I can, I'm just going to do something that I can do. And I might not even get them all the way, but I'm just going to do what I can do and not talk myself out of it. I want to be a church, man, because we know River is churchless and we know anybody out there who's listening who wants to follow Jesus, that a lack of love is often easy to justify, but it's never right. Amen, everybody? Never right to have a lack of love for anybody. So easy to justify, isn't it? I mean, I already told, I already admitted to you that, that, man, I got a conviction for that, man. It's never right. So we remind ourselves of these truths of Jesus and who he is and how he is our good Samaritan. And that should impact our ability, listen to everybody, to love everyone always. Amen? Love everyone always. Who? To whoever comes across our path. Because Jesus said from this point on, there is no barrier 
In the kingdom of God, this should stop you. There's no color, no creed, no religious difference from who you should say your neighbor is and who you should say that you love. Sorry, not in my kingdom. When? Whenever you see the need, that we don't talk ourselves out of it, that I'm gonna let my convictions lead my decisions and then the feelings will follow and we don't talk ourselves out of it. Why? Why? Because of what he did for me because of the, of the truth that Jesus was a good Samaritan for me and I can't let that stop at me. I just have to have this response because of that. And gang, listen to me. I wanna bring you back in because Jesus looks at you and goes, yep, now you go, you go, you go, you go, and you do the same. Because Jesus says, if you wanna follow me, then you need to love like I love. No excuses. No excuses to that. Your neighbor isn't who you get to choose if you want to follow me. And that, that could be one of the most heroic things that you could do in this life. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this story. This story to me, like I've known this story for my life. It's so deep and it's just rich and it's amazing to me how Jesus just turns everything on its head with this simple story of a person who comes to help. God, help us to see, at least if I just pray this for myself, help me to see where I am like the religious law guy. Help me to see like where I'm like that, where I think I have the answers, where I think I have it all figured out, where I'm like the teacher. And just for us, man, help us just to keep open, just to keep ourselves open to this idea of what our call is to love people. God, and Jesus, thank you that you give us the only example that you are the good Samaritan uh, for us. And God, I hope that, that that moves us, that moves us into doing these things so that we can see the opportunities to be that for someone else, that we can be heroic, that we have no excuses to be heroic, that that's the mission that you want us to be on as we love you. Thank you. We need your help. Show us what we need to, to root out. Show us what we need to bring in as a result of this message. We love you, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen, everybody. Hey, before you go, thanks for joining us this week at River Ridge Online. I'm Jason, and I'll be leading the online community here at River Ridge Church. I wanted to take just a quick minute to encourage you and let you know that we are so glad that you've joined us today. If you've got any questions about River Ridge Online or you're looking for ways to connect and grow in your faith, I want to support you in that. We know that we have online viewers from many different places, and I want to welcome folks from wherever you're watching from. At River Ridge Church, we're all about helping you take next steps in your journey with God, and we love connecting with those who attend in person at our campus and online. So here's an easy first step that you can take right now. Would you do me a favor and call this Google Voice number at the bottom of the screen and simply leave a message and tell me where you're watching from? You can do it right now. Let me know your name, where you're watching from, and how I can be praying for you. Go ahead, it's really easy. And again, all you've gotta do is leave a message. Nobody's gonna pick up the phone. You can also email me directly at jasonhager at riverridge.org. And honestly, I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to be praying for you. Another easy next step is to simply head over to our Facebook page and like our page there. It's a great resource to plug into what's happening around River Ridge Church. Thanks again for tuning in to River Ridge Online and I'll see you right here next week.